this is the Bcast episode 11. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Mal. Hi. So yeah, um, we just watched Audition by Takahishi Miike. Takahishi Miike. Takahishi Miike. I can't say his Takashi. name because I'm American and I'm stupid. Takashi. Takashi Miike. So, I do know Miike because I used to think it was Mike with two eyes. Mike. But people are like, Miike. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, and I want to say real quick that this is, uh, this is what I like to call an Andy movie. This, coi- this term has been coined because of the movie May, which is a movie about a very quiet, reserved girl who is obsessed with parts of people because she thinks that parts of people are good, but eventually the whole person will let you down. So she eventually goes psycho and starts killing people and collecting their good parts and trying to make a perfect person out of them. And this movie, I like a lot. It's a lot of fun. It sounds like it's awesome. That sounds awesome. It is awesome. But it really disturbed Andy because he was of the opinion that if that woman really existed, he would end up dating her. He probably did. So this move, this type of movie really scares Andy, which just amuses me to know it. Um, because he's, well, now he's safe because he's married. Yes, he's No dating married. other psychos, unless Jen turns out to be some kind of psycho killer. As far as I know, Jen will not kill him. But, you know... I hope... Yeah. But yeah, but Audition is much the same in, in as much as it's a movie about a deeply troubled girl who uh, may or may not do some dismemberment. You know, it might not even be about her being deeply troubled. I mean, like, the guy might be deeply troubled, and it could just been a dream. Because um, about, like, halfway through all the craziness, he wakes up in the hotel and... He's like, oh, it was just a dream. But then he goes back. Then he goes back to sleep, and all these things keep happening. So he could have just been, it could have just been a really effed up dream because he was so guilty. Yeah. We do have a, we have a theory that it might have been all in his head because he feels really guilty about moving on from his dead wife. But that's, that's not really uh, confirmed. Uh, the last scene made it seem like the the actual messed up stuff is what was actually happening, but yeah, audition is by a uh, Takish Takashi. The guy we already talked about. I remember we talked about him. Tell me, Rudy, he's gonna come murder you. <laughs> he's a really um, he's a really uh, prolific Japanese director. He does a lot of like uh, crazy murder films and like you action can, films. You can call him Mike Sensei. Yes, Mike Sensei. Uh, he's a teacher, teacher of murders. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's a pretty big guy in the Japanese film scene. And what I can see say about most of the Japanese films that I've seen, they're almost all horror movies. The Japanese films I've seen are all horror movies. That is not to say that they're all Japanese movies are horror movies, but most of the ones that I'm aware of are. And uh, the thing about Japanese horror movies is they're like ninety-five percent just people talking very mellowly in like rooms and then like about random stuff like, yeah how was your tea sir oh my tea is very fine thank you very much for asking right right um and so yeah it's it's all like really just posh and 
distant, and then then it's like five percent, like really fucked up shit. <laughs> it, it's like and they're really tired of being very posh and proper. Yeah, so they're like, let's cut off a limb. Let's have somebody eat something that they are not be eating. Um, let's, you know, like let's have a tongue wriggle around on the floor. Uh, and this is no uh, no exception. Uh, it's it's a movie about a man whose wife dies, and seven years later, his son is like, you know, you should probably get remarried. I want to see you be happy and all this stuff. And his big-time movie producer friend is like, you know what? Let's hold an audition for this little romantic comedy that I have here. But it's really going to be for you to find a wife. And so it's like, take all of these entries, sort them down to 30, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just interview them. We'll see what's going on. And so that's, you know, they do that. And, and the guy searches through them and he picks out 30 but he's really focused in on this one crazy one you can tell she's cra well the way I saw it she sounded crazy from the beginning because she's all like I broke my hip when I was 18 and that killed my dream of being a, a ballet dancer and so I know what it's like to feel dead inside and how to have to live with that and like to me that doesn't sound happy or good at all now he uh, Mal here kind of explained and I agree he probably saw it as like oh she's had to deal with loss like the wife that I lost and then I had to deal with that and so they have that in common but to me it just sounds like I feel like I've died already and he's like ooh I want to date you because you think you're dead <laughs> and so like, I don't know. She seemed like a bucket full of crazy to me from the start. The, uh, consensus so far on IMDb was all the crazy shit was just a dream. Really? Yeah. Kind of like American Psycho? Yeah. Um. No. That wasn't a dream. You've seen American Psycho, right? Yeah. At the very end, they, like, all right, they Nobody cares, but he called his lawyer, and his lawyer cleaned everything up. Right, right, but no, see what... Like, I, what I got from the end of American Psycho is that, like, they show all the stuff that he did as doodles that he did in his book. And so that made it seem like he was just dreaming all this stuff, and that's why nobody believed him that he actually did it, because he didn't. Oh. Like, I mean, that, that might not... That's just an, inter an interpretation. It could be wrong. But, like, I got, like, oh, maybe he's just dreaming it all. Yeah. I mean, he is psycho, so psychos yeah, can kill people. Yeah, I don't see why somebody who lives in the big city would have a chainsaw in his closet. Right, and like, you know, he he was remarkably good about not getting caught, and he wasn't that careful. That's true. I mean, you know, that happens a lot in movies. You've got to suspend disbelief, but I feel like he should have been caught, or somebody ought to have cared that all these people were dying. But everybody's like, no, I just saw him in Europe. It's like, oh no, I thought you were him, because you looked so much alike. I mean... You know, I, I don't know. It, I can see it going either way. I guess it's the same thing with this. Like, yeah, it, like uh, it does seem like a lot of it could be a dream because so much of it happened in a dream state, like after half the movie had gone through. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't know. No, no, they, they held this audition, which was completely useless because 
there was 30 girls, they all, you know, auditioned, and they, you know, some of them seemed really sweet, some of them seemed really crazy, but he, Some of them seemed really Japanese. Yeah. Just, like, very submissive, yeah. like, looking down at the floor all the time. Apologizing for nothing. You know, there was a lot of decent candidates in there, but this one girl who just never seemed completely right walks in, and that's all he ever cared about. You know, he's like, "This is the one I want," and uh, loved her um, essay. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, they start dating, and everybody else is like, "Oh, um, you know, you might want to take this a little bit slow. There's something wrong about her." And he's like, "No, why would I want to? She seems perfectly fine." I'm in love with this girl. She read a, wrote a really great essay, and... It wasn't yeah. that great. I know, right? It was actually pretty depressing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was all like, I used to want to be a ballet dancer, and then I broke my hip, and all my dreams died, and I've been sad ever since. So, you know, not, not the best essay ever. Then, like, you know, they have sex one day, and she disappears, and then it seems like the, the protagonist goes through and he uh, he interview he doesn't he doesn't interview, he goes and he tries to find her he's he's detectiving her yeah and like you know he can't find where detect. he lives where she lives because he doesn't get the phone book apparently <laughs> um it's like I don't know he's where like to find all her. we have is her resume I don't know how we'll ever find her it's like we have her first and last name and probably her address <laughs> but and references. Yeah, so, I mean, but he does, he goes to the, first he goes to the ballet studio that she went to, that she got, you know, broken, hadn't gone to for years, as was said. And it's all run down, and he breaks into it, but there's a guy in there. Mm -hmm. He had to break in, and it's all boarded up and condemned, but there's a guy in there. Playing piano. Playing and piano, like he lives there, like... But how could he possibly... And the guy's in a wheelchair, so it's not like he's, like, you know, coming in and out daily, even though it's abandoned. He, It's all boarded up. He can't fit the wheelchair. But how did he get in there? Somebody's got to be feeding him or something. He's clearly been in there ever since it closed down. <laughs> he's still, like, plump and healthy. He's got a stash of, like, rice in the next room. <laughs> he's been eating rice-a-roni for a long time and playing his piano and, like, you know, wearing his... <laughs> crazy leather feet um but you know once that ended up weird uh and he left he went then to her current place of employment yes first he went to her decrepit shut down <laughs> dance studio and then he was like let's try where she works now <laughs> but it wasn't where she works now because it's a bar that's been closed for over a year and apparently the bartender had been killed and they found extra organs they were like, yeah, we found all the parts of the bartender, plus three extra fingers, an extra ear, and an extra tongue. And like... Wriggle, wriggle, wriggle. Wriggle, wriggle. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, you know, and, and we cut to a scene where the guy's like, oh my god, I see three fingers and a tongue and an ear, and there's blood! And, like, he really freaks out, but he really didn't see anything, so he overreacts by a lot. But... Yeah. I mean, we saw it, but he did not, because it didn't actually happen in the timeline of the movie. I just like the idea of the extra organs. It's like, you know, when you put together a bike or something, you end up with an extra screw or something somewhere. <laughs> but it's like, oh, we put together this person. We have all these extra parts. Yeah. Um, you know, 
clearly there was another murder somewhere, but it was just kind of an undernote. Oh, well, no, it was the, the bag man. It was the bag man, the, yeah. The, she had apparently been keeping this man in a bag. Yep. Um, and cut off his tongue and one of his ears and three of his fingers. So all he could do was go... She also cut off his feet. But the, the feet didn't show up anywhere. <laughs> so maybe she got them, like, bronzed and put on a plaque somewhere, or... No, she just threw them. But when we see her at home, all she is doing is kneeling with her head down in a room that is empty, except there's a phone and a bag with a guy in it. But you don't know there's a guy in it at first. It's just a big bag, and then it's like, it moves. And it roars like a tire. And so here's what, what I'll say. It's, it's interesting. Um, it's, like I said, the dry starting. Like, it's not necessarily fun to watch. No. It's definitely a movie for people who like movies, not for people who watch movies for entertainment. I think it's funny, during the audition, like, the audition parts, mm -hmm. um, like, sometimes they would ask the the girls uh, who is their favorite mm -hmm. actress and stuff. These actresses are actually in the movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they were probably <laughs> nice. talking about themselves. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I, I saw as you were scrolling up there mm -hmm. that uh, May was one of the people, the ones that they also liked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was nice. Um, yeah, it, audition came to me. Um, it was a. I have an Amazon recommendation list. They see what I bought, and I was like, "Hey, this thing has uh, recommendations specifically for me. That sounds cool." So, like, I'd go through and I'd rate movies, and I'd show them what I have and rate them, and what I don't have and what I don't want showing up in my recommendations and. In that process, Audition got recommended for me. And I'd heard people talk about it. Like, I read some reviews, and everybody was like, Oh, this is really good. It's an amazing movie. And and I don't, I don't know that I see that. Like, it's interesting. I'm glad that I saw it, but... I don't know that... Like, I don't see where people are like, This is amazing. Like, it's really weird and quiet, and then this girl cuts feet off. You know... As a man who appreciates feet, this is a pretty scary movie, in my opinion. Um, I like my feet. Yeah. I, um... Feet are pretty important. Um... So, Takashi Miike uh, also made Each of the Killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I've seen once. Yeah. It's pretty good. I've seen most of Each of the Killer. I fell asleep during it, and I haven't finished it, I don't think. But I own it. I'll get back to it. It's got, um, now correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like this guy who's investigating all these murders, and then there's this other guy who's doing all these murders, but he thinks he's like a superhero. Yeah, there's a guy, he, he thinks he's a superhero, and he ends up killing people all the time. Yeah. It, it's really weird. And then there's this one dude that he's really into, like, sadomasochism, and he's always, like, beating girls up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, and there's there's more uh, Takeshi Miike movies I want to see. I think where I originally heard of him is that uh, Quentin Tarantino has talked about him as being one of the better like Japanese exploitation filmmakers. 
and Quentin Tarantino is one of my all-time favorite directors, and so when he makes movie recommendations, I usually try to check them out. Uh, Mike-san definitely has a very unique style, and I like, uh, you know, I find his movies interesting, to say the least, and he's done quite a bit of them. It's really impressive how much he's gotten done in his lifetime. I mean, and I think he's still making them on a regular basis. He's, got he's directed, so far, 89 titles. Yep, he's got 89. He has three that came out in 2012, three in 2011. So this guy does about three movies a year, roughly. Directed a movie last year called Ninja Kids, with three exclamation points. So it's Ninja, Ninja Kids! Kids! And that really scares me. <laughs> doesn't seem right to me. It's Naruto. Nah. It's, it's Naruto live. But probably They're with a lot more... Ninjas to work together now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's probably got a lot more like gore and stuff in it. Grab these little books. But yeah, so... Audition. Overall... Overall pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if... I probably won't watch it again, but it's definitely one to have... If you like Japanese films already and you're interested in some kind of disturbing in imagery and uh, a cautionary dating tale. Yes, cautionary dating tale. Then, you know, check it out. Bitches be crazy. <laughs> Bitches do be crazy. We were talking about uh, earlier that watching movies like that is probably why Mike has, is afraid of ladies. <laughs> Mal was quick to tell me that ladies normally don't do these things, but, <laughs> but um, you know... But if anybody were to do these things, it would be ladies. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of, it's... I'm not completely scared of them, but every time I, I wrong a lady, or, or I do something that she perceives as wronging her, I just, I worry about what could happen in the future. Yeah, I worry about anything I may drink later. <laughs> yes, yes, I... I'm like, I'm not drinking anything that is not sealed. I, I don't know. <laughs> Make sure it makes a wonderful hissing noise yeah, when you open it. Gotta go the... Um, which reminds me of uh, Andy a little bit, too. I used to always go to movies with Andy, and I would bring my own sodas. Like cans, though. <laughs> so I'd be in the backseat of the movie, and I'd just be waiting for the right time. Like, where it's, like, kind of loud, but it usually doesn't work out. It's just in the middle of the theater, you hear, <laughs> Jerk. You're single-handedly putting the movie theater industry out of business. I am not. <laughs> 35 cents at a time. <laughs> the way I look at it this way, I either go to the movies and sneak in snacks, or I go to the movies and don't buy snacks. They're not getting that extra money from me either way, just because... You know, it's not like I don't want to support the movies, but I don't want to pay for pay more than I paid for my ticket to have something to eat in the theater. Yeah. So, you know, I either sneak stuff in or go without. And more often than not, I go without, but... So, speaking of seeing movies, I went and saw Sinister. And so did I. But not at the same time. No, not at the same time. We were like, we do a podcast together. We see each other too much already. Yeah, God, I hate you. <laughs> no. Get out of here. Honestly, there was a scheduling conflict, or else I would have gladly gone to see it with her. It probably would have been more fun. But, but instead, instead, 
he talked to Joe from Harley Poe. I and did. Who agreed to be on the podcast. Yes, yes. So maybe sometime in the near future here, we'll have a podcast featuring Joe. Yes, Joe Whitford. I, uh, hopefully we'll get to sit down. Um, I, I told him that I wanted to watch uh, one or two of his favorite movies because he is a big, big horror fan. And he's... Uh, actually, um, if you Google... He's a horror musician. Uh, yeah, he's a horror musician. If you Google Joe Whitford, uh, Harley Poe, there's he has a blog called The Lies and Obsessions of Joe Whitford. And uh, it, he talks about his favorite horror movies, and he talks about, like, he's been repainting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures recently, and he posts that. You know what? That. I found, um, I inherited three Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures, like, yeah. and I'm pretty sure they're originals, um, because my cubicle mate got a new job and left all of his toys. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, like, they're, like, probably the uh, six-inch action figures. Mm-hmm. And they're in pretty good condition too. But yeah, he he's been re- doing these repainting of action figures, and they're really awesome. He's a great artist, as well as a great musician. Um, so, but uh, yeah, so it's just gonna be awesome. I, I look forward to getting to talk to him about his music. Um, if you don't know, he used to be in a big time Christian band, like uh, it was called Calibrado, and they toured. <clears throat> um, and at some point, he realized he was much more interested in making music about monster movies and stuff, and that didn't go over so well with this Christian label. And <laughs> um, eventually, they they dropped out, and like he yeah, a lot of his content and stuff would not go over well with the Christian label. No, no. Um, I mean, he he uh, he released one album that was pretty much Harley Poe while he was still a Christian band, and it wasn't. Um, I mean, I guess it, it still pretty much sounded like Harley Poe, but I'm sure there was less cussing and less, like, ridiculous sexual content and stuff. But, um, yeah, uh, he's, he's just a cool guy. I love his music. I love his stuff. Um, do my best not to go all fanboy all over him. Um, but, yeah, that's something cool we've got coming up. Um, Super excited. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so Sinister. Yeah, Sinister. We uh, we both saw this movie and, yeah. uh, and I'm I'm not like a like an Ethan Hawke fangirl or anything, but I think he did a pretty good job. In fact, I'm not an Ethan Hawke fangirl. I, I hate his guts, but I think he did a good job. You hate Ethan Hawke? Yeah. Of course, I'm not really giving him a good chance because I've only seen him in like one other thing, and I hated that movie. What movie was it? Wasn't it Training Day? Was he in that? Maybe. I think that was it. Yes, Wait. you are correct. It was Training Day. Excellent. Um. So I don't want to be, I don't want to sound like an idiot on a movie podcast <laughs> about movies. Wasn't he a training day? I don't know. What, what are you trying to say? Are you saying that it's bad to be an idiot on a movie co- podcast? Like, you know, to insist that Sam Raimi was directing <laughs> The Hobbit? Like, very fervently? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. Um, well, I don't want to be like, <laughs> oh, it was this guy, and it's like, not that guy at all. No, um... My I mean, behind the scenes kind of stuff, like who's directing it, that's something you can't tell by looking at it. No, no, you either know that <laughs> or you don't. Yeah. Um, although some would say that with Sam Raimi, that that, that claim could be substantiated. Because in almost every one of his movies, he features that same car. 
No, true, true. Yeah. Well, I think that car has been retired by now, but. Well, I remember seeing it in all the Spider-Man movies, so that's my that's my. He also reuses that same guy, Bruce Campbell. He's in like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she. I think he's behind. uh, He's got a movie coming out called Oz: The Great and Wonderful. Or at least it said it was by the people that made the Spider-Man trilogy. I don't know if he actually directed. It might be just like the production team. Who's Sam Raimi? Yeah. But I saw a preview this morning. It says from the people who made the Spider-Man trilogy. I know he's directing the WoW movie, which I'm just like, eh. Oz the Great and Powerful. He did direct Oz the Great and Powerful. Okay. Yeah. So he's and got. That is supposed to be really good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I watched preview for it today. It looks amazing. It's James Franco as Oz. And this is like how he got to Oz, and you know, it's it's a whole Oz movie without Dorothy and her stupid dog. Yeah, it's about one of the other books. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like they're starting to do movie versions of the books. Yeah. Which is gonna be excellent because the books are awesome. great. They're very dark as well. Most people yeah. don't realize they're very dark. Yeah, they're Alfred really. Alfred Baum was very disturbed. I tried to read them when I was little. Like, um, I just started getting into reading, so it was probably third or fourth grade, and. Um, I got like all of them for Christmas, and I started reading them. I'm like, I can't get this is too difficult for me. What is this? <laughs> what are they talking about? Um, I'm excited about that kind of stuff. Like they keep making movies out of amazing novels and like good graphic novels and stuff. So it's just like they're making good movies out of good material, and that makes me happy. As opposed to constantly remaking the same damn movie and making stuff like "There Go Here Comes the Boom" with Kevin James, mm-hmm. I caught about two minutes of that last night and wanted to kill myself. Did you? Yeah, yeah. It looks pretty bad. Yeah, Adam movies are not very good right now, and I'm pretty sure it's one of those Happy Madison films. It was a Happy Madison, because I saw that at the end of the credits. I'm like, why do they still make movies? I don't know. They reached their crescendo with the. Uh with Grandma's Boy. Yeah, Grandma's Boys is amazing. Um, and, and like, the earlier stuff, like Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, you know, I guess they weren't yeah. Happy Madison yet because those two movies are the namesake, but... Yeah. Those movies are actually pretty good. No, uh, I no. think those were Lorne Michaels films. I apologize if this has already been discussed ad nauseum on the uh, podcast, but as you said, Walking Dead is renewing today. Yeah. I've never really heard what your opinion is on the show. Um, I have a kind of a love-hate relationship with the show. Um, love the books. Hate the show so far, but <laughs> still watch the show religiously hoping it'll be good. Okay, I understand that. I understand that. I, you know... As much as I hated it to begin with, the fact that they kept Shane alive past the uh, past, past the trailers, past his expiration date, right? <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, spoiler warnings for anybody listening. Now's your chance to turn off. But uh, I think it carried more impact that he did it when he did, and the fact that they had Rick turn around and say, "So this is how you plan to do it." I mean, it, it kind of like it, it takes Rick and says, "I'm a badass. I'll do what needs to be done." Yeah. Um, like, having just seen that, yeah, I, I think they did do a really good job with how they had Shane killed off in the show. Um, it does alleviate my white-hot rage that they didn't kill him when they were supposed to, a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I'll give them that. I've and had a huge problem with them, um, 
just not making the characters interesting. Yeah. Like, they yeah. they have this wonderful source material with all these characters that you really grow to love, and, you know, randomly you kill off a character, but, like, in the show, they just make you hate the characters that they're about to kill. They're like, um, we're about to kill Shane, so let's just make him a dick to everyone, so you don't really care that he dies. And then they were like, oh, well, we're about to kill Dale, uh, so let's just make him, like, super, like... Moral Jesus pusher. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And it's like you know what? First of all, Dale like lived longer than almost anybody else, and he was he was a great character. Yeah, he was. And uh, I'll tell you the the third season for me. What it's bringing to the table is I'm glad to see that Mashan looks like she's done completely proper. Yeah. Yeah. So far, I mean, they have her. They have her appearance, and I've seen some promotional stills that show her with the hood down. The girl looks a lot like her, so I'm very comfortable with that. One thing I'm not looking forward to is the return of uh, Michael Rooker as a oh. girl. Yeah. I, I didn't think he was a very strong character. He just seemed to be put in there to get the uh, to be like an antagonist within the group that yeah. wasn't Shane. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know. I just I'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah. I also think it's strange that, uh, like, from my experience, one of, the, one of my favorite characters in the show uh, is one that's not even in the comics, and it's... Uh, it's Daryl. Daryl? Yeah, the, the guy that does the crossbow. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because um, last year at Dragon Con, I actually went to the Walking Dead panel, and they asked, like, why the hell is Norman Reedus in this show? He's not even a character that's in the books. And one of the guys on the panel was like, when Norman Reedus comes up to you and says he wants to be in your show, you let him be in the show. <laughs> that's that's true. I mean, uh, uh, he's one half of the Boondock Saints, and that movie's freaking amazing. With, with everything that gets said about the show, one thing that always strikes me is uh, they had an interview with um, uh, I'm blank Tony Moore, Charlie Adler, uh, Kirkman, Kirkman, oh, sorry, the creator yeah. Robert okay. Kirkman. They had an interview with him, and they asked him. They said, "How do you feel about the pressure that everybody knows that you can't kill off Rick or Carl because they're your main characters?" Kirkman looked at him and responded saying, why can't I kill him? We don't have main characters. It's a story of humanity's survival. So, I mean, it's an interesting aspect, whereas by now everybody's grown so comfortable with him. But, I mean, on the show, they could kill anybody off they wanted to, and Kirkman's going to say, yeah, sure, it's the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But well, yeah, that was that was an awesome thing I read. Well, I know I'm not 100% current with the comics, but I know at least where I left off, they were dancing around with the possibility of killing off either Rick or Carl. Um, well, Carl's been shot like yeah, in the, the last face. Two, the yeah. last two books, Carl's Carl's taken a bit of a beating. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. He was teetering on the edge last I knew. Oh no, he's all right. Okay. Um, yeah, he, he bounced back. Well, he's okay in the book. Oh, I hate him God. in the show. No, have you? I don't know how far you guys are, but I'm like. Current with the comics, yeah. Um, oh, we're the, not week they to got, week current. They we're, have the. I'm week to week current. Okay, we're not uh, week to week because it's online. She has books. They're oh. up to book sixteen. I, I have. I've read. I have all the books. I've read all the books, but oh my god, um, book seventeen is gonna be like, oh my god, why? I think that's supposed to be December of this year. They said it was so gonna be the release. Excited. So, yeah. So excited. That's that's something I'm looking forward to, and. uh Oh also, man, it's like hell trying to read the comics every two weeks. I imagine because they <laughs> put the cliffhangers like right where 
they should be. Oh my god, commercial break for two weeks! <laughs> a funny story about The Walking Dead is when we first got interested in it, that is to say Mike and myself, uh, we were at Half Price Books, and I picked up volumes one and two. Yeah. And I read through them, and I said, okay, where am I going to find this? And I, I devoured all of the next content. Uh, Yeah, actually, I think what you got those. Then I went to Dragon Con Mm -hmm. and I picked up the compendium. Yes. And so that got us both up to volume eight. Then I stole your compendium and, like, volume till, like, volume 13, read all of that just in time to go to Dragon Con and buy all the rest of them. (laughs) Now, Mel, have you had a chance to play or see the uh, Walking Dead minigames that Telltale has made? No. You haven't had a chance to I yet? saw the Xbox, the one that's on Xbox, um, like, chapter one. Right. Right. I mean, shameless plug, 400 points for it is actually a really good deal, so if you get the chance, it's definitely something worth checking out. It meets yeah. out really well, and it's a game where your decisions actually affect everything. Yeah, the, the games are amazing, the storyline in them are really great. It's completely different characters, although... There are um, some cameos, like Glenn, Glenn. Glenn's in there, and they, you go to uh, Herschel's Sean's farm. Sean's in there. Sean it, it's kind of cool, okay. because they show um, Sean Green. Yeah, who, that's what I said. Yeah, you only hear about him from Herschel saying, my son was killed. Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of, it's a neat little thing to see the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I watched somebody play it, because I tried to play it um, at Alex's brother's, and you couldn't invert the controls and it was all um, uninverted and I was like why do I keep looking up <laughs> why <laughs> you one of those inverted control people yeah oh. uh, it's okay it's okay um, you know what I'm feeling right now What's like we should make a separate comic book podcast yeah pretty much I, we I should except so. for like the only comic book I'm into is Walking Dead so <laughs> Well, I mean, honestly, with the source material there, we got plenty. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could go <laughs> off on some kick-ass... Uh, Scott Pilgrim. Guess 2 should be out by now, because the movie's coming out soon. Um, I think I guess I think all the issues of kick-ass 2 are out. I'm not sure if the book itself is out. Um, I know Hit Girl's got a spin-off comic now. Hit Girl's awesome. Yeah, Hit Girl <laughs> is awesome. Um, and... I, I know you've read Scott Pilgrim. Are, are you reading through Tank Girl at all? Not to keep putting oh, pressure on you. <laughs> so sinister. Sinister. <laughs> we got back to it. Yay! Um, I loved it. So did I. It was so amazing. Um, Definitely a breath of fresh air. Um, considering all the crap that people have been putting out now, Sans Cabin in the Woods that was still really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I think Cabin in the Woods is still better as far as something unique and stuff, but Sinister uh, definitely brought back like, classic scariness in a, in a film. Well, in a world where next weekend Paranormal Activity 4 is coming out, yeah, Sinister is a great thing. Um, like, Paranormal Activity 4 is like, this is what the teenagers are going to see, and Sinister is definitely like an adult horror movie for people who like horror movies. And, and now this is this might be a weird comment to make, but uh, I loved the music in Sinister. Like, every time he was watching one of those videos, the yeah. music just toned everything so well. Like, it kind of got you feeling a little bit, like, sick in the stomach, yeah. maybe, about what was going on on the screen. Not that what was going on the screen wasn't bad enough by itself. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, and it didn't really show a whole lot. 
um, like, it's all about, like, these snuff films that he finds, and, yeah, yeah, he's trying to, like, solve this mystery, but, like, as far as snuff films go, it did not show too much, so it leaves a lot to the imagination, which is something that has been kind of making a comeback, I guess. Uh, plus, I, I want to clarify real quick, though. Um, uh, these films, uh, the story is this guy is writing a crime novel about an ongoing crime, and he moves into a house where some where a family had just gotten hung, four of them on the tree in the backyard of that house. And these films are their home videos of the family all happy, with the last scene being the scene of their murder. And uh, so I just want to clarify that, because a lot of times snuff films is a... Uh, Reserve, uh, is referring mostly to sexual murder movies, so these are these are not sexualized or anything like that. They're just they're a happy family and then a murdered family. Yeah. So still, yeah, I still think snuff probably would be the best term. But you know, if you're that kind of a sicko, no judgment, but you're not finding it here. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's not on the level of like. Serbian film. Of course, no. I don't think anything's on that level, and I refuse to watch it again. Yeah, yeah, um, or like eight millimeter, which is actually about those kinds of snuff films. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, they they have all these films, and one of my first thoughts was like, who is making these fucking films? Because <laughs> that's what I thought the first time I saw it. I'm like, happy fo- happy home movies, you know? Oh, and here's the scene where everybody dies. I'm like, somebody edited that together. <laughs> it's, you know, it's really sick. Um, and, and you know, that, that kind of does make sense uh, before the movie's over with, so that's kind of, like, that was my concern. I, honestly, I'd said that. I was like, who's making this movie? And the first thing he writes down on his pad is, who made this movie? I'm like, okay, good, they're addressing it. <laughs> um but yeah, um, he moves into these houses, this house, and he finds up in the attic a box of movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the movies just have all of these, uh, these, like you know, integral like evidence for these murder cases. And uh, he's of the opinion that like, oh, he's like, hey, this is something the police missed out on, and so he's kind of. Yeah, but then he went through, like, the police files, mm-hmm. and they took pictures of all the rooms in the house as part of their investigation, and they took a picture of the attic, and there was nothing in the attic. Right, right. So he's like, now where did the box come from? So he's like, the killer came back and put the box in the attic. And that's yeah. kind of twisted. Um, and so, yeah, and, and at first he's just like, he's a little bit hesitant. He, he immediately thinks about going to the police with this, but then he's like, ooh, I got the scoop from my book. I don't know. Yeah. So he kind of like And the police were less than cooperative with him in the first place, so Right. The 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 sheriff comes up at the beginning of the movie and is like, You're a douchebag and I hate you And, and that had a lot to do with the fact that he moved into the house that it happened. Yeah. And and this wasn't <laughs> his first novel. Apparently his one of his bigger novels had let one of the killers go free. I, I'm not sure exactly how that works. It, yeah. It's just kind of a plot point that they they passed out there and but like he had had one like real hit and then he had a few others that didn't do well and he had one that let some killer go free but yeah um you know that's just all kind of opinion based like if he found extra evidence that 
basically said that this guy couldn't have done it. You guys didn't do your job. It looks mm. bad on the police department. So the police are probably like, I don't want to help this guy. He's yeah. A dick. But uh, but eventually, uh, it, there uh, there's uh, introduced this symbol, and uh, he starts seeing this guy in like single frame shots almost in all of the films, and by guy I mean like. Like kind of a man ghost yeah kind of thing. ghost looking thing it's like this guy with a really dark black eye kind of looks like a V from Vendetta yeah or like a like a really sad attempt at creating your own guy fox mask yeah or it looks a little bit like the scream at least the top of the scream mask not the yeah. mouth but it's definitely one of those only black and white thingies yeah yeah um and so he starts seeing this guy he sees the symbol and they, he goes to uh, an expert in this kind of thing, and he finds out that it is uh, there's a Christian mythology about around a demon named I can't remember. Do you uh, know Bagul? Bagul, yes. Yeah. Um, Which I thought was a little half-handed because of it sounded very much like boogeyman, like boogie. Oh yeah. Bagul. Bagul. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so it's this uh, this demon who apparently feasts on the souls of children, and uh, he delicious. Yeah. and he lives within the images, and he, that's like a portal into this world for him. And so, you know, once you figure that out, all kinds of weird stuff starts happening. His kid, his son, starts having really bad night terrors, where like, you know, one which I thought was actually kind of funny he like he hears something and he goes to this box and his son just flops outside of the box all of a sudden he is like in the box and like bends backwards and yeah um and uh and then i thought it was gonna be one of those kinds of movies and then i realized it was his son because i thought it was just some random woman because yeah. his son has really long hair and i was like oh wait that's his son <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess it did kind of look like a woman, um, a little bit, yeah, uh, but it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean, I was like, oh no, not scary Japanese kid movie, but it, it didn't turn into that, yeah, so eventually, uh, you know, Ethan Hawke, for some reason I just wanted to call him Kevin Bacon. Because he kind of looks like Kevin Bacon. A little bit, yeah. They have the same face shape. Um, but yeah. Kevin Bacon has a, a, a larger, like, dome piece, yeah. though, but they both still have the same kind of shape. But yeah, so they uh, they they kind of freak out. And um, not to spoil anything, let's just say from there, you know, things don't go quite so well. Um, you know. Yeah. That's, 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 I think that's all that needs to be said there. Except for, except for, it is a great movie. It's really... You, I had you, really, like, two things that bothered me about the movie. What's that? Um... One, his wife is British, and they didn't address that. And I know the actress is British, mm-hmm. um, but usually when you have, like, a British actor, actress in a movie, and they're not disguising their accent, they say s- something along the lines of, like, oh, I'm from England. It doesn't have to be a big part of anything, but, you know, they could be like, oh, like, when I lived in England, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then that could be it. And the other thing is... When you're walking through your house at night, mm-hmm. and you think that there's an intruder, or you're just, like, just kind of creeped out, mm-hmm. uh, you turn on all the lights. 
This guy <laughs> never turned on any lights. I'm surprised he didn't, like, trip over shit. Yeah. But he's walking around in his house at night, like, trying to, you know, with a baseball bat, trying to defend himself against, you know, who knows what. Yeah. And he doesn't turn on any lights. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I do remember. I saw it at the drive-in, and the drive-in is amazing, except for when a movie gets really dark. Yeah. And, yeah, so this definitely happened a couple of times in this movie where it was really dark, and I couldn't see anything but random little shapes on the screen. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I believe the... I, I'm with you on that. I don't mind the accent thing so much because as simple as this, accents are hot. But, yeah, no, uh... But overall, really good movie. I think everybody that listens to this should go out and see it, just because, like all things, when great things come into this world, we need to support them so we get more. Um, you know, I, yeah. I don't want to see Paranormal Activity 15 in a couple of years. <laughs> Jaws 19. Right, right. I mean, you know... In 3D, like, holograms come out of the... Out of, like, in... Uh, Back to the Future Part 2. Yeah. Um, you know, and, like, I have nothing against lots of sequels inherently, because that's where a lot of horror came from. You had Friday the 13th, 1 through 19. There's, well, there's, like there's 11, 11 of them. Uh, yeah. Now 12 now. Um, well, there's there's 10 main entries, and there's Freddy vs. Jason, and there's a reboot. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just 11... Unless there's something else I'm missing. But, um, and they do yeah, that with yeah, a lot of living. different movies like that. Uh, and so I have nothing against well, those exactly, but I do think that, you know, original movies need to be celebrated, and movies that weren't that great in the first place should not get five sequels. No. See, Jeepers Creepers was terrible, and only got one sequel. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, should have stopped at one movie. Yeah. So, I mean... Paranormal Activity. I mean, I know people like those, and that's fine, but I, I just think we need more sinister, less you know, paranormal, paranormal activity. Paranormal Activity is good if you are watching the History Channel or Discovery Channel. You know, like, that kind of stuff is on TV all the time. Why would right, I pay to see right. that? Right, the ghost hunting shows and all that kind of stuff. That's... They have their place, but I don't think they need to be movies. Um... So, yeah, I think we should support Sinister as well. Yeah, and I'm not saying anything against Paranormal Activity, because I thought it was a good three movies. The first three were pretty good, how they tied Mm -hmm. together, and they they had a little bit of plot in there. Um, But just how, how do you make that interesting after a certain point? I don't know. I mean, I have to admit, I have a certain bias. I am not a big ghost movie fan um, like I like horror but when it comes down to possession and ghosts it just doesn't do it for me so much um, but yeah so Sinister was good yeah, I'll see it again probably yeah I'm, I'm thinking about going to see it again before it gets out of theaters too because it was, it was just that good um, so there are a couple of little news bits I'd like to talk about. Um, the This weekend was New York Comic Con. And out of that, there have come a couple of news stories. Uh, first of which, they showed um, a poster 
for the uh, for a remake or a reboot of Carrie. It's coming out. Uh, it's supposed to come out next year, and uh, I'm not sure if this is another sequel or. Uh, here we go. A reimagination of the classic horror tale about Carrie White. Um, a shy girl outcast by her peers, sheltered by a deeply religious mother, who unleashes telekinetic terror, ter- telekinetic terror on her small town, being pushed far too too far to senior prom, based on the best-selling novel by Stephen King. Um, it says it should be out March fifteenth, twenty thirteen, and so yeah, we're getting another Carrie. Uh, we're getting a Carrie remake, not another Carrie. Like there was a Carrie sequel a while back, which wasn't that bad, but it wasn't canon either, and it was probably unnecessary. Um, so, you know, um, you know, I, I'm kind of... Does Stephen King have a hand in it? I, I don't know. It doesn't say. I mean, it is still based on the novel, but I don't know if he has anything going on with the actual remake here. Oh, where's Stephen King? Oh, he doesn't have a hand in it. Oh, it's got Hit Girl in it! Oh, Hit Girl's in it? Hit Girl's Carrie! Nice! Oh, wow! So, yeah, um, I think that could be very interesting. I, I kind of like the remake thing. I think they do it too often sometimes, but I just like to see new generations take so Hickers on a character. So, 15, so that is pretty neat. Like, they're actually putting a 15-year-old in yeah, high school. Yeah, she'll be uh, age-appropriate. Yeah. Um, I mean, they can't do the uh, the shower scene with the tampons this time around. Well, but sure they can. They just don't have to show anything. Fair enough, yeah, yeah. Um... But yeah, they uh, plug it up, plug it up. Um, <laughs> you know why she doesn't know anything about this? Because Big Daddy raised her, and he didn't tell her about the birds and the bees. He's like, I know everything about ass kicking, but you know, your little your bathroom needs are up to you, young lady. <laughs> yes, yes, they they scare me. And <laughs> no, um, so yeah, uh, apparently Somebody stabbed me. <laughs> apparently, Carrie is going to be played by Hit Girl. Um, I'm excited. I think it's worth seeing. It'll be interesting to check out. And since we're talking about remakes, another thing to come out of Comic-Con this this weekend, the first image from the Evil Dead remake. Evil Dead remake, Sans Ash. Yep. Uh, and, like, the only thing this really does for me is that uh, it confirms that they're actually working on it. They've been talking about this Evil Dead remake for a long time, and I've seen nothing go on about it. They've also been talking about Evil Dead 4, with, which will actually have Ash in it if it actually happens, um, which would be amazing. But yeah, this Evil Dead remake, it's just uh, it's a new Evil Dead. They're taking the original story, probably Evil Dead 2, because the original story of Evil Dead was... Well, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it just... They refined it by Evil Dead 2, and it was a better movie. I guess the story could be fine if they remade it properly. But yeah, so there's a there's an image out, so there's officially a movie being worked on. It's supposed to come out next year. Yep, it's on IMDb. They've cast people in it already. And, and Ashton Kutcher is nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Which is good. Dang it, Bruce Campbell, you lied to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it is... Uh, Oh, it says, will come to screens April 12th, 2013. Um, yeah, we, as Mal has mentioned, there is no Ash. The main character of Ash from the original Evil Dead, <clears throat> it became this cult 
following, uh, Bruce Campbell's character became, like, the whole reason those movies did so well. He was this, like, comedic genius, uh, really flawed but funny character, and what I hear is that the reason they took him out is because the story was never really supposed to be about this one guy when they first made the movie. So when they remake it, they just want it to be like, you know, four teenagers go to this cabin instead of everybody's going to be like, well, where's Ash? What's, you know, he's going to come in and save the day. They, you know, it's the story without him, which I personally think is a little bit ridiculous, but, you know, it still is coming. I will see it because I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. Uh, you know, in the coming months, you might hear us talk about how bad it was or how good it was. That's, that's yet to come. But, yeah, I, I don't imagine there's going to be tree rape either, but I don't know that. So we were supposed to talk about Pet Cemetery 2, but neither of us own it. At least and, I don't uh, own it. It used to be on Netflix, and now it's not anymore, so sorry. Yeah. And they have the skeleton hands that come up and touch your boobs. Yeah. That was probably hands down when I was a child one of the funniest things I had ever seen. Um, it's got Edward Furlong in it, which is why I watched it as a child because I had a huge crush on him when I was little. Did you really? And yeah, I did. Well, he saves the world from robots. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't been listening to the podcast and you don't know, Terminator Two is Mal's favorite movie. I've heard this little. So, wasn't Budnick in that movie too? But Budnick? Yeah, he was. Bobby Budnick. He played his friend. There was a Terminator reunion, and so Linda Hamilton was there, and that dude who played uh, Bobby Budnick Mm -hmm. from Salute Your Shorts, because he's in that movie. Nice. Yeah. I had this um, kind of offhanded theory that. He was actually John's dad, but didn't know it yet. Yeah. Because at one point, uh, he sh- he shows him the picture of his mom, and uh, he's like, "Oh, dude, is that your mom? She looks cool." And uh, so guys, hi, Chris. Hello. Hi, not Chris. Was it? Hi, Mal. How are you? I'm fine. It's been a while. I don't remember this guy. It's Morgan. <laughs> we ran into him at like. Uh, Meyer. Meyer oh, won. oh, that one great. Time. By the way, love you guys' podcast. Oh, oh yeah? Girl. No. You actually listen to it? Yeah. Well, it's because uh, Renee so says everyone at the game store listens to it. Uh, <laughs> space balls, but I leave, so I hear Renee listening to it. I'm like, okay, so they're not going to talk about space balls because, you know, can't say anything, you know, 500 times. I forget what exactly you said, Mike, but... Giving it compliments 500 times doesn't do any justice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I go get food. Come back into the shop. And we're talking about space balls. <laughs> I'm like, Dimension John Candy, okay. Go back over here, eat food, and come back up. Hey, Renee, what are they talking about now? Space balls. <laughs> I was like, okay. So apparently we are liars. <laughs> But we didn't watch Spaceballs. We did. No, no, I know. Yeah. I, I found it. I found it uh, pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah, we totally have a fourth listener. Woo! A fourth listener. Yeah. Yeah. We have lots of fans and, and oh, wait, four people I'm we know who listen. actually 
Um, we have people who have listened. Many people have listened. We've got 40 fans on Facebook, but I know of three people who listen to the show consistently. So We're podcasting currently, by the way. Exactly. You're going to be on this week's episode. Nice. <laughs> um, Making yeah. cameos by Morgan, who yeah. we met at Meyer, who I met at Meyer. Morgan, yeah, I've, I've I've met him at the game store, I believe, or here, one of the two. <laughs> I met him in my house. At any rate, oh no, I want to finish my story about uh, my crazy half-handed idea that uh, dude who played Bobby Budnick was actually John Connor's dad. Oh yeah, okay. Um, so. In Terminator 2, when they are robbing the ATM, um, you know, John's telling this kid, like, all about his mom and how his mom was, like, so cool and like, mm-hmm. taught him how to rob ATMs and yeah. all this stuff, and now she's in a mental hospital. And, like, dude sees his, you know, mom's picture in his backpack, and he's like, oh, dude, is that your mom? She's cool. So I always thought that that was, like, you know, maybe John's dad, because, like, John's dad in the previous movie said, oh yeah, John, show me a picture of you once, and uh, and stuff and stuff and things. Yeah. So I thought that maybe that that was just kind of like a uh, it could have been a connection they could have made, but they didn't. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Didn't they, didn't he go da- go back and like impregnate his own mom or something? And No. He sent his dad back. Okay, that okay, yeah, I, I remember something about that in 4, so... Like, that was one of the big plot points. They were like... Yeah. The the guy in 4 who they were trying to find, Kyle... Uh, it was Kyle Reese, which is his dad. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. He was like, Kyle Reese is in the... In the... In, he was captured by the thing? Oh, no. If he isn't... If he gets killed, then all of this is for nothing. Yeah. So... Kyle Reese was John's dad? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the first one? Yeah, I've seen the first one. Damn it, Jeff. How do they, no, wait, how do they, but he's super young. Well, not super young, but he's young. Kyle Reese, he's like, he's like 30 Salvation. Salvation's supposed yeah. to be another trilogy. Is it? Yeah. That's excellent. Or, so what I hear. Yeah. The future, isn't it? But there is only two. In, how no. can there be another trilogy? Oh, yes. <laughs> how can there be another trilogy when there are only two first movies? That's why it doesn't actually make sense. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the last episode. <laughs> it was um, it was two first movies and then the TV series, I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Um, so that's it for this episode of the Bcast because we have we've we've got way too much time here, and this episode is going to be like three hours long if we keep going. I. I would like to see how you would double the length of the episode. But, um, yeah. I said if we keep going. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so that's it for this week. Join us next week where we might watch Pecker. Um, Sounds good. We might do another poll. Yeah, yeah. get some other ideas. Uh, but yeah, so this week it's me, Mike, and... Uh, uh, and Malaria. Yeah, that's it. that's it. We need to sign off. <laughs> We need like something. Join us next week as we eat more pizza. Yay, pizza! Yay, pizza!